Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. In a world where speed reigns supreme, where discipline and danger collide, unpredictability is the one thing you can count on. Jimmy Johnson, a night of ups and downs, and it's down again. On May 12th, just one hero will triumph. No one knows which hero it will be. He's going to do it again tonight here at Kansas Speedway. Critics are calling it an unscripted masterpiece. If you see only one epic event this spring, make it this one. Kansas Speedway is the only place you can experience this kind of heart-pounding suspense. Witness a battle where drama lurks at every turn. Up and into the outside wall is Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Coming soon to a track near you. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Night Race. Only at Kansas Speedway, May 12th. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. Rated you for unexpected. In an age where sports fans raid their college funds to pay for parking, where a single beer could cost $9, one tailgating paradise shines in the darkness. It's the only Saturday night of pure action that's BYOB. And there's always free parking coming soon to a track near you. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Night Race, only at Kansas Speedway, May 12th. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. Rated you for unexpected. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 Grunt-style Chevy Camaro, and listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. From Dagan Nation, I'm Tim Despain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson, up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of Richmond Raceway. At this time, we have our good friend, the official reverend of the show, Mr. Reverend Joe, out there on the West Coast. Reverend, how you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good. Miss Betty, taking care of you? Yep, she's doing the best she can. <laughs> that sounds good. You got any big news from out there? Any Anything you know well, about that a- you need to cover? we got a big race coming up a uh, week after next at Orange Hill Speedway, a little quarter-mile track where I've raced for the last more than 20 years. Uh, we've got the K&N Series coming in, along with 100-lap late model feature and all the rest of the regular divisions. Should be a heck of a night. Yeah, I bet, Reverend. And, uh, you know, they always put on a heck of a show out there, too. What? Any, yeah, they anywhere do. they go. Absolutely. We're looking forward yeah. to it. Other than that, it's the regular stuff. Yes, sir. That sounds good. And, Reverend, you got the floor. If you want to go ahead and get the invocation started and everything, and, right. uh, we'll get the show going, brother. 
Let's do it. Lord, we come before you, and we thank you for all you do for us. We ask you for another safe weekend of racing everywhere in the world where racers are racing. We ask you to protect all our soldiers, all their families at home, all those in any kind of uniform who run toward the trouble while we're running away. Protect them all. Protect us all. Be with us all. We thank you for sending your son to this planet to die for our sins so that we could have a free passage to heaven. We thank you so much for all you do. Protect us all and be with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. Well said. Let everybody know where they can follow you at on all your social media pages and uh, your website, bud. You got the floor. All right. The website is ontrackwithjesus.org. The email address is ontrackwithjesus at aol.com. My phone number is 951-232-7630. And you can also catch my daily scriptures on the pit stop with Tim Despain and um, Susan Despain every day. And we thank you all, and God bless you all. Have a great week. You too, Reverend, and let you know I read them every day whenever I get a chance. When I'm at work, when I get, you know, when I get a little bit of downtime in a second, I jump on there and read it whenever I can. Sometimes I don't have time, but, uh, you know, you know you know how that goes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, give Susan a hug for me, and God bless you guys. God bless you too, Reverend. Give Miss Betty a hug for us too also. Y'all be safe out there on the West Coast. All right, you too. Thanks. All right. Oh. Thanks, Reverend. All right, that was Reverend Joe out there on the West Coast, the official, the official Reverend of the Pit Stop with Tennessee Spanish Stephen Wilson. Stephen must be running a little bit late. He has some stuff going on. I know the the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain. Coming up here shortly at uh, 620 Central, 720 Eastern Time, we have uh, Public Relations Director of South Boston Speedway, Mr. Mike Smith. I know he has a ton of stuff to uh, to talk about, but just some of the breaking news that come out of NASCAR that Steve and I, we have discussed it a few times. It's been rumored. But uh, rumor is uh, the France family is debating on selling NASCAR. And if you want to call in and give your two cents on that, you're welcome to. Like I said, the number is 215-383-3681. But the report is that the France family is exploring. Let me go ahead and back up and change what I said. They're exploring possible sale of NASCAR to an outside group. Uh, Reports USA Today Sport from Mr. Bob Velan and some of his quotes there. He uh, he uh, he speaks of NASCAR and the France family are working with a firm with Goldman Sachs. Uh, I don't we don't I don't know the whole the whole deal with it. Uh, all that come out sort of yesterday. Uh, Steve and I had had sort of chatted about it just to see what all was going on. And uh, my good excuse me, my good friend Kenny Bruce he put out an article too. Check out Kenny at KennyBruce.net. Uh, he put an article out out on on that also. We don't know how this is going to turn out, so we're just going to, have to wait and see and. For somebody to come in and spend a lot of money and buy NASCAR, you know, NASCAR is not just quote unquote NASCAR. Uh, they're International Speedway Corporation. You got all the the tracks such as my home track here at Talladega, Daytona International Speedway, Richmond, just to name some. Martinville. I think they own two thirds of the tracks, which uh, the other third's owned by SMI, which is Bruton Smith and Marcus Smith and that and that and that bunch out there. And also coming out of uh, NASCAR yesterday, the NASCAR Tampa World Truck Series. Uh, they're going to expand their partnership. Uh, Marcus Lemonis made a statement. Uh, 
on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. They're going to provide Gander Outdoor entitlement positions. So that's going to be something else to come across the board. We're going to wait and see how all that all that works. But uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Timmy Spain. We're going to take a little quick break. We will be right back after this song. Be number one, two is not a winner, and three nobody remembers. What does it take to 
I'm Vinny Miller and I'm the driver of the number 01JS Expedited Trucking Chevrolet. This is Pit Stop Radio with Tim Despain. We're back live from Dagan Nation SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson's with us. Stephen, uh, we were talking earlier. We had some big news come out, and you know it had been reported, been rumored for a few months. Uh, the France family is talking about selling NASCAR. Stephen, let me let you talk about that. I'm going to jump over and answer this phone. Let everybody know Suzanne's off tonight. Stephen, I'll be right back. All right. Yeah, so uh, earlier this year, the Charlotte Charlotte television station during the media tour actually came out and said that there was a potential that the France family that owns NASCAR was uh, looking at uh, selling selling the sport or selling their shares. And at the time, NASCAR did come out and say that they were not – you know, selling and the sport was not for sale, so it all kind of went quiet for a little while until just a couple of days ago, when the 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 um, orders of Fortune magazine and CNBC and several others, AP, all said that there is a potential that the French family is looking at their shares and selling them off. Uh, they've been the majority shareholder, both uh, Jim France which is um, uh, Bill Jr.'s uh, brother, and uh, Lisa Kennedy France, who is uh, is um, Brian's sister, um, currently hold the majority shares, and Brian sold his shares off to both Jim and Lisa about 10 or 12 years back. Uh, but this week it did come out that they are working with an investment bank to potentially sell their shares, or maybe even they're just looking at what the overall value of the sport is. But at this time, NASCAR says that they don't um, have any comment. And uh, earlier today, the AP did report that there was a memo sent um, by Brett Dewar that, uh, you know, the France family is committed to the sport. So right now, there's uh, just unsubstantiated rumors and some things that have been published a couple times this year, whether the sport is actually for sale or whether the Fash family is looking at what the value, overall value of the sport as they change their sponsor, uh, their, 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 their overall sponsor and the way that they sponsor the sport in the Cup Series uh, in 2020, if that could be a possibility to see where they need to be. Uh, when they when they make that change from Monster as a you know the the premier Cup Series sponsor to uh, partnerships, which is something that IndyCar has done in the past. Exactly, Steve. And you know, there's not just NASCAR. You know, you got ISC International Speedway Corporation, which who I used to work for back when I was in high school out here at Tidal Super Speedway. You got that. You got the tracks, which they own two thirds of the tracks. And uh, we've got our guest, Stephen, and I just spoke with him, and uh, he said he wants to weigh in on this on this subject also, and he said he can stay as long as as long as we need him to stay. Let's bring on Public Relations Director of South Boston Speedway, my good friend, Mr. Mike Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. 
Mike Smith, public restaurator Dang, at South Boston. I, have, I, have, I, have, I haven't had a reception like that since I fought Mike Tyson back in 1997. That's been a while back, Mike. Well, you know we, <laughs> you know we like, we like to bring, uh, we like to bring our all, all of our good friends on, especially ones that always took care of us up at Martinsville Speedway, brother. We appreciate you taking time to come on. How's everybody tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, I haven't really had time to talk to Stephen. Stephen, how you doing, brother? Oh, I mean, I'm doing good, too. You know, it's a fairly nice night out. It's an awesome night up here in Bristol, Tennessee, where I am. we got a little fire going in our fireplace and playing some spades out back by it and having a cocktail. It's a great night. Great night talk racing. Yes, sir, it is, Mike. <laughs> and, Mike, I had told I had told Stephen, uh, you know, before we get to all the South Boston stuff, if you wanted to weigh in on, on, on the subject Stephen brought up, uh, the possible sale of NASCAR. You know, I I've, 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 uh, uh, didn't even want to get on social media today because I knew everybody was losing their mind, their brains were blowing up. But, you know, a couple of things. One, the France family, those folks getting old, you know? They don't, and and there isn't a yes, real sir. line there other than Ben Kennedy to uh, to run the show. They're 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 getting old. And the other thing is, you know, businesses are sold every single day, and I would say probably seventy five percent of the time, uh, those sales are really good. They're good, you know. It, it's so, you know, it may just be a great move forward if if it is sold, uh, you know, for our for our sport. But the the one thing that I haven't heard much talk about in all of this is everybody's talking about the touring series, but you know uh, this would also affect the hundred or so uh, weekly racetracks around America uh, uh, that are sanctioned by NASCAR. Uh, you know we're we're always sort of left out out in the cold, so uh, would sort of be curious how a, a new investor or new buyer would would. Uh, uh, handle uh you know all the south boston's uh, of the world yeah and uh mike you you bring up a good point uh investor you know uh usa today uh bob bob villain throwed out a uh a article talking about goldman sachs is working with uh with the with the nascar and it, it's correct me if i'm wrong mike you know more about it. you've been around it a lot longer than i have it's going to take more than just one investor that's going to that's going to be a big deal, a lot of money to take over that whole sanctioning body. Am I am I correct? Well, you know, it, it depends. If we look at what happened with F1 when it was bought a couple of years ago, it was a huge uh, media corporation uh, uh, that bought it. And, and when you get with those those really big, big companies, five, six billion dollars is, is not a big deal. And uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't think the France family would sell for less than five or six billion dollars. Um, but I, I think there are people out there that 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 may have a plan, and I, I think it would take someone in the media industry to to make it work that would understand how uh, um, how to get our sport in front of more people. 
And and the big thing is to, is to how to measure how many people are, are are watching our sport. I think that's the one thing that that you know we've talked about a lot that that can't be done now is is to measure the eyes on the sport every weekend with with social media, with streaming, with with everything that's out there now. So I I, I would rather I'm always a, a, a glass half full guy. I'm, uh, I, I think it's a pretty exciting time, uh, or or could be pretty exciting. But man, you talking about something to pull together when you've got uh, all of the race tracks involved, all of the race teams that have franchise, basically franchises now, all the sponsorships for all of those teams. Um, man, I it's gonna take a lot of people to pull all that together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hit. It, it it very well can, Mike. And Mike, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you and Stephen talk about that subject. I'll let Stephen talk there about that subject. What y'all are talking about? And you know, we'll we'll talk about that. And we want to talk about South Boston before we let you out of here. So I'll I'll hand you over, right, Stephen. I won't. Well, I, I was just gonna move off the subject because you know it's uh you know, right now a lot of it's just just speculation as to what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, or even if it's happening. You know, if NASCAR changes over from a Premier Series sponsor to partnerships potentially in 2020 is what they've uh, kind of looking forward to or gearing themselves up for. Um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now that it's kind of really hard to figure out what is going to happen or even if it's going to happen. So, uh, uh, Jim, I, I, uh, Jim. I, I Jim Utter wrote a great piece today, basically said, you know, people don't set your hair on fire. This is not the end of the world. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it could be a good thing, but it's going to be a long way down the road. So let's, everybody, let's just get on with racing this weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, look, I want to just go ahead and switch over here to uh, – your involvement over at South Boston Speedway. For for those out there listening that may not know, you were the public relations director for many, many years at Martinsville Speedway just down the road. But South Boston is actually owned by the same family that owns Pocono Raceway. And over the last couple of years, they've put a significant amount of investment into that track, rebuilding that track almost nearly from the ground up from when they started. So for South Boston Speedway, what does it mean to have that kind of uh, partnership or that ownership with somebody like a Pocono that has deep roots into the sport? Well, the, the best way I, I can think about it, I, the, the regional racetrack earlier this year had a cars tour race. The track started coming up, and my first thought was, how are they going to repave their track? Most racetracks, weekly racetracks, do not have the finances these days to make major improvements like that. That it, we, have, we are blessed at South Boston. The Mattioli family and the Dowskis um, um, understand and love weekly racing, and, and they put the money up. We, they spent in between 2016 and 2017 over a million dollars at South Boston Speedway uh, paving the racetrack, building new grandstand, new lighting system, new scoreboard, um, uh, many fan amenities. And, and unfortunately, the state of our sport right now, most racetracks cannot afford something like that. So that, that is the big impact they have. 
But at the same time, they get racing, they understand it, and then they let our general manager, Kathy Rice, have a pretty much a free hand in in, in running our racetrack. And uh, um, it, uh, I, I feel blessed to, to be working with them. It's, it's where I saw one of my very first races in 1977 when I first started in the uh, uh, newspaper business. So it's sort of like a full circle for me. And you, you guys just ran a double hatter cane in series race. You know, NASCAR comes to these various tracks, these smaller tracks, to get drivers that are coming through the ranks. And this was an opportunity for some of these drivers that may go to, let's just say, another racetrack, and I may only run 100 laps, but they put 200 laps underneath them in twin races there. What does regional racing not only do for, for South Boston, but for tracks in general that are kind of in the same category of these local tracks that are trying to make and pave a way into the sport. Well, I, actually, we, we our K&N race is this weekend, this Saturday. And, uh, you know, again, I'll go back to our track ownership. Without the uh, uh, the, the financial backing of of the folks from Pocono, we wouldn't be able to have a touring series in that big. Um, but what it affords us and our fans is an opportunity to see some of these young stars. Uh, several years ago, Bubba Wallace sat on the pole in a K&N race at our place. Last year, Harrison Burton, uh, uh, one of the bright young stars of our sport, uh, uh, won one of the twin 100-lap races. So it... Uh, um, it's a great opportunity for us to work with some of these young drivers and, and for our, uh, you know, our fans to latch on to some of these uh, youngsters and, and become become fans of them as they they make their way up through the sport. You, you talked about something that a lot of people, uh, and especially when it gets to these short tracks like South, not only just South Boston, but you know, other tracks are experiencing the same. Issue and it's that cost of investment to infrastructure, not only to the tracks themselves, but they, but all of the things that people are becoming accustomed to. For somebody that worked in Martinsville Speedway and they saw it during your time there, you saw a significant investment also occur there. You know, what is short track racing right now? What is the disconnect? What do you feel the disconnect is? Is that at this point that there seems to be a lot of bright stars coming through? these lower ranks, these K&Ns, the modifies, late models, and et cetera. But at the same time, there's a bit of a disconnect in getting fans to show up at some of these tracks, even though that investments like South Boston has been made. Well, you know, I can pull my soapbox out on this one. Uh <laughs> You know, we've we've seen a lot of cup stars like Kevin Harvick come out lately and talk about, you know, short tracks need to do better. Uh, they, they, you know, fans need to support them, um, um, and and a lot of different things about about you know, uh, uh, weekly racing needs to get better. They don't understand the business model. They don't understand that, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a, a racetrack is is a business you know we've got to pay taxes uh we've got to pay our employees we've got to pay our purses uh we don't have a tv contract we don't we don't have all of that money funneling back to us it, it's there's no magic wand to be waived 
uh, uh, everybody works hard. Uh, uh, everybody's fighting for that same entertainment dollar. Fortunately, we 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 have have continued to draw well. Uh, we we had a solid crowd in our opener two weeks ago, but you know we charge ten dollars for our tickets. We kids twelve and under get in free. Uh, um, We've we've also uh, maintained a good car count. We had 24 late models uh, uh, two weeks ago, but yet there is no magic formula. It's just work, 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 and and people don't get how hard most every track promoter and their staffs in this country are working to 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 succeed. And it's just very difficult. It's. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's not like a minor league baseball team with a parent club in Philadelphia or New York is funneling money down to you. Doesn't happen that way. It's it's you know week after week you've got to come up with that money. And I had somebody tell me the other day, said, "Oh, y'all got rained out, so y'all you know it didn't cost y'all anything." Yes, it did. We had to pay our staff. Uh, uh, you know, we had the same almost the same amount of bills coming in. So when you lose a race, you lose money. So it's. You know, we could talk about it forever, and, and I, I'm just not sure what the answer is. Uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, everybody talks about the Winston days and, and how Winston made the sport go at, at weekly racing. Well, that that was a totally different time, and and granted that Winston put a lot of money in it, but uh, people were more car conscious and and and, and race crazy then. It's and, and they weren't fighting for so many different people for that entertainment dollar. So I'm again. I don't know what the answer is, but I love talking about it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you and you know hundreds of other promoters and PR representatives and marketing specialists across the country. This has been a debate for probably going on a good uh, two decades at this point. Um, but as you guys are, and I'm sorry earlier, I I. I about the whole K and M thing, I, I thought it was actually you'd already had this thing, but uh, yeah, that's my you, fault. You know, I'm, actually, actually uh, we had we had a great uh, uh, twin 100 lap late model stock race two weeks ago, uh, with some great great racing, and, and the king of late models, uh, Philip Marsh, who's on his way to a fifth championship this year, I think. He swept both ends of it. Um, but now our our K and N race, uh, who's your driver? K and N twin 100 is uh, this Saturday night. Well, good deal. Um, you know, my last question for you is is that as you have been in the sport for, for quite some time, what is do you feel has been the evolution of the sport? And what I mean by that is the evolution of the up and down roller coaster that we experienced. We experienced, as you said, a lot of investment, a lot of popularity during the Winston days and even during the beginning of the next tell sprint days, and then it's kind of started to wane off some. What do you feel like that that has overall done to the sport now that it may be contracting back to a manageable level? I, th I think the one thing that's happened where we all made a mistake is when we were riding that high, we didn't look past it. We didn't look past it. I, I remember when, when Clay Campbell hired me at Martinsville Speedway in 2000, in 2000, he told me, he said, we have reached our peak. And demand was pretty close to being right because it wasn't long after that that, that things started to level out and then go downhill. But I don't think we took care of our fans the way we should have, um, and not just the, the sanctioned body but, but tracks and, and even the competitors. 
competitors did not take care of our fans. So when the uh, recession came and people didn't have the money to come back, uh, come to our races, uh, when they did have the money again, they didn't come back because they had no reason to. They, they weren't enchanted with the sport. Um, the sport hadn't made them feel like they were really, really welcome. And then that's that's another soapbox I have. I, I think greed has really been uh, um, a, a determining factor in in the the downfall of our sport. And it's it's greed from competitors. It's greed from sanctioned body. It's greed from racetracks. We didn't take care of our fans the way we should have, and now we're having to start almost over again, trying to uh, reinvest in fans and and make them feel wanted. On the upside right now, we've got some young drivers like Blaney and, and Wallace and De Benedetto that understand that they get it and they're going to spend time with our fans. And, and I, I, just, I just love their passion, not just for the sport, but for our fan base. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm, uh, I'm sure I've taken up a bunch of your time, and Tim's got a bunch of questions, so I'm going to hand you over to him. Uh, good luck this weekend with the Twin uh, 100 K&N, right, um, the K&N regional race out there. I, I am messing up tonight. You know what? I, I, don't, I need don't to get on here. I'm cocktail. just messing up too much. <laughs> Maybe I should. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Hey, Mike, uh... Thanks, Steve. Mike, uh... South Boston is Speedway is located just right outside of Richmond. Sixty, I meant in Richmond. Right, I'm thinking Stephen. Sorry, right outside of Martinsville, just sixty miles from uh, Martinsville. And South Boston Speedway is one of the most iconic venues in auto racing. Can you talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the older drivers? You know, you and Stephen touched a little bit about some of these young guys. But there's been, you know, like you know, you go way back in uh, the track opened in 1957, and there, I mean, there's like Ray. Hendrick runs some races there. You go back to Sonny Hutchins, Jack Ingram. There is so much history. Sam Ard. It's just an iconic place. Am I right, Mike? Well, yeah. The, I mentioned a while ago the first race I saw there was 1977, and I can remember in that field a lot of the folks you just mentioned, uh, Ray Hendrick and Sonny Hutchins and Jimmy Hensley and Sam Ard and Jack Ingram and Tommy Ellis and Tommy Houston. You know, the, 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 the guys that were uh, – you know, when the Bush series came around in 1982, these were the guys that were the core of the Bush series that drove that series to the next level, to what the Xfinity series is now. But, you know, we, we actually, uh, uh, at South Boston, up until 1970 or 71, we hosted uh, uh, what is now uh, uh, Cup Series races there, the old Grand National Series. Uh, it, uh, uh, you know, we unfortunately lost James Hilton a, a, a couple of weeks ago, and I did a little research. Uh, James Hilton ran three races at South Boston over the years, and he may have the best average finish of anybody there. He had a third, a fourth, and a second in three races at South Boston. Richard Petty won at South Boston. Benny Parsons' first win, cup win ever, came to South Boston Speedway. So, man, we go deep, deep into the in, into the the roots of racing. And Mike, you you mentioned the. Uh... The last cup race there at South Boston was 1971, and you know there were a, there were a few truck races and all that after that. Do you look down the road, you know, which I know we got to see what all is, what just is going to go on with NASCAR with them selling. Do you think it's possible that 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 you could get one of the uh, one of the, 
one of the big name sanctioning series that, I mean, you know, maybe even a truck race area at uh, South Boston, because like you mentioned, some of the, some of these younger guys and some of the older guys, they want to go back to go back to the grassroots where the, where the show enough racing was like Suzanne and I, we go to try to do short track here a lot. And it, it just, it's just something about getting that. And I just bring up the hot dog. Reminds me of Martin for hot dog. Just getting that hot dog, sitting down there with some popcorn and a, and a drink and just going back to grassroots racing there at South Boston. It, it, here's the problem with that. It, it just comes down to dollars and cents. It, uh, you know, it, as you know, the truck series started at, at, at tracks like South Boston and Evergreen Speedway out on the West Coast, and 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 you know, Martinsville was one of one of the early tracks on it. But you know, as it got, and this is where greed took over. As it got popular, you know, it was moved to bigger tracks for bigger crowds. Now the purses are such. That, that you know, unless they restructure the whole series, you know, if it's a hundred thousand dollar purse, or actually that, that those purses now are minimum of of a half a million dollars, there's no way that we could put enough people in South Boston Speedway to cover the race, the sanction fee, uh, uh, all the uh, ancillary things like marketing and advertising. You know, we can't charge fifty dollars a ticket at South Boston Speedway. So until until those purses come down, I, you'll never see those series going back to a, a, a place like South Boston or uh, uh, Hickory or in, anywhere like that. So now we've, we've got to take it, – it's a real conundrum because, you know, like we've got great young drivers in there this weekend with the K&N series. Nobody knows who they are. We have not taught, for the most part, our fans that we gained in the 90s and early 2000s to appreciate racing. They've got to have the stars. You know, we're going to have a great race on Saturday night. Uh, but it's hard to get people to come out to see these young guys that they've never heard of uh, before. You know, fortunately, we, we've got our, our uh, late model races this weekend, and we do have a couple of local guys uh, running in the K&N race. So it makes it a little easier to promote it. But it's just, uh, you know, again, it, it's it's a business, and the bottom line is a, a short track, week, weekly racing tracks can't afford it. Exactly, and to all of our listeners, get out and support your local short track. South Boston Speedway, Mike Smith there does an awesome job. And, Mike, I want to thank you. I'm sorry we, we have kept you too long, but I want to thank you for taking time out to call on call on our show and talk to Stephen and I, Stephen Edwards, SpeedwayDigest.com, myself here in Talladega. And uh, go ahead and throw out the times, whatever, what all you got going on this weekend. Let everybody know that. Social media, website, everything. Uh, you got your phone, Mike. Boy, you know, we've, we've, we've got uh, – uh, Twin 100 lap uh, K&N races this weekend. They're, they're freestanding 100 lap races. Both of them are championship points fan. We got twin 75 lap late model races. Go to southbostonspeedway.com. You can find the full schedule there. It's 10 bucks in advance, $15 at the gate. Uh, kids 12 and under free. It's uh, and we've got the best bologna burger in the United States, bar none. Bologna burger. I was that was my final question before I let you go. The bologna burger. The saddlers yeah, talk I, about I, the bologna burger. I've had the great fortune of working for two tracks that had two of the most iconic uh menu items in the sport, the hot dog at Martinsville and the bologna burger at South Boston. And Mike, before I let you go, I'm gonna tell you this little quick story. Stephen probably gonna get mad at me. When we was up there and uh <laughs> Stephen said, uh, Tim, have have you and Suzanne, have y'all ever had one of these? Martin for hot dog? I said, no. I said, I ain't never heard one. He said, I'll, I'll be right back. Well, we're sitting up there in the press box. You know, I guess you've probably seen this. And Stephen stays gone, stays gone. I asked Anne Marie, I said, where in the world did he go? 
Mike, he come back with a grocery bag slapped full of Martin for hot dogs. I said, Stephen, what are you going to do? He said, I'm taking, he said, I'm going to give y'all one, y'all one, and, and I'm taking the rest of them home. I bet you he had 40 hot dogs in that grocery bag, Mike. That's funny. That, you know, there's a federal law against carrying those uh, across state lines, Stephen. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, at least the original uh, hot dog is back there yet again. So I'm rather happy what, there's about no, that. There's absolutely no difference. Absolutely no difference. That's that's another story for another night. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Mike, thank you very much. Come on. Tell Miss Smith we said hello. And thanks again for taking time out to come on and like and like Stevenson. Good luck this weekend with all the events there at South Austin Speedway, and we look forward to having you back on. All right, guys, y'all take care. Thanks a bunch. All right, thanks, Mike. We'll see you, brother. Mike Smith, there, Stephen. Mike is a character. I I knew you knew where I was going talking about them hot dogs, but I'm at just just tell our listeners. I, I am. I might be stretching the truth just a little bit. Stephen come back with a whole. Dirt. He said, "I'm gonna put these in the cooler and take them back to Richmond." I said, "Okay," but that there's something about that Martinsville hot dog. Just just like Mike said, he he left. You know, he retired. He said he told me he didn't retire. He sort of relocated after he left uh, Martinsville Speedway there. That famous hot dog there. Then he goes to South Austin where they got the bologna burger, and you could hear the. Uh, Elliot Sadler used to talk a lot about the bologna burger, and I don't know what's so special about that. I, mean, I love a bologna sandwich too, Stephen, but I'm going to tell you, to all of our listeners, this coming fall, you need to go to Martinsville Speedway. I mean, I would pay, I would pay $100 for a ticket just to go and eat me a couple of them hot dogs. They're that good. People say, this, what is on them that makes them so good? I, I don't know. It's a Martinsville hot dog. You can't find it nowhere else. I mean, you can find it in the stores up there. But uh, Mike Smith, I asked him one time, I was like, can you give me the recipe? Because um, Amory likes the coleslaw that's on it. So I asked him one time, I was like, can you, can you just give me the recipe for this? Tell me who makes it. <laughs> uh-uh. They keep this thing on the lock and key. They ain't going to tell you what what's in that thing. I was like, uh yeah, I don't know. It's something about that, uh, about that hot dog. It's the chili they use. It's the slaw they use. It's uh, I don't eat the slaw. I just like them with just chili. Uh, but uh, people like the slaw. People like the onions on them. But you can't put ketchup on it. I don't, I don't care what you do. You cannot no. put ketchup on one of them Martinsville hot dogs. That's like a cardinal sin. I'm. I definitely agree, Stephen, and I love ketchup on hot dogs. But you told me that they don't put ketchup on it, eat it with just the chili. And that chili, I, mean, I, I hate to keep saying I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just a special place. But anyway, Stephen, we got, I want to thank Mike Smith for coming on there. Well, coming up here, uh, do we have any breaking news? I know uh, we were talking, or I, were ta- I was talking right shortly before, you know, we were talking about NASCAR, and we got talking about the Camping World Series, their partnership deal, but we never did really get to talk about Matt Kansas, Stephen. So uh, talk a little bit about Matt. Matt's coming back this weekend, uh, the number six Wyndham Rewards Ford Fusion. He's going to run the race out there at uh, Kansas Speedway this coming Saturday night. Matt Matt has uh, he will make his 25th start there at Kansas this weekend. He's a 39-time winner in the Cup Series. Has two victories at the mile-and-a-half track there. 13 top-10 finishes. I mean, it just don't – we have talked about it before. Whenever he was leaving Joe Joe Gibbs racing, we just we just kept thinking, you know, somebody was going to pick him up, somebody was going to pick him up. Well, now he's gone back to his home where he started, where Roush gave him the opportunity. Uh, this is a big deal for Matt, isn't it, Sue? 
Yeah, I think the NLV is a big deal for him, but it's a big deal for, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ralph Fenway Racing as a whole. They've had some tough times here recently, and Ralph was one of the powerhouse teams in the sport up there with the Joe Gibbs before Joe Gibbs with Joe Gibbs today. Uh, You know, Hendrick, you know, Earnhardt, I mean, uh, sorry, Childress Racing, you know, all, all of these other names in the sport. And over the last couple of years, they've kind of had that um, backslide down just a little bit. And by getting somebody that was in that car for over a decade, um, getting that veteran status, somebody that's worked with Roush Fenway in the past, somebody that knows Roush, the team, um, he's going to be able to come in and give a lot of information to the team, to the crew chiefs, to the car chiefs, to the builders in the garage, to maybe get these these cars back to the top of the board like they, you know, like we saw at one time before. And by him getting back, uh, I, I think this is also an opportunity, to, as Roush had said, this is an opportunity for him to get a veteran in that car that can help out some of these drivers that are coming through the pipeline. You've got Trevor Bain, which is in the Cup Series currently. He could potentially help out Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who I think he, earlier today they just um, they just spoke with uh, Matt Kenseth, um, NBC did, and he was talking to them about how it's, a, it's an opportunity to get these cars back up to speed and how Stenhouse has been very fast but just needs to come up with that closing win. He won a couple times last year, both there at Talladega and Daytona. But outside of that, he's been fast at some tracks, but hasn't been able to close. He's also going to be able to help Ryan Ryan Reed, uh, Ty Majewski, some of the other drivers that are in the Xfinity series that could could be helped by his knowledge as a veteran in these cars um, to get better, to come through um, into the Cup Series and uh, perform at a higher level than they have here in the last couple of years. And I think that's really just about what Matt Kenseth is getting back in the car for. Obviously, he can't run for a championship, um, you know, so he's uh, he's in that car not only to get some wins for Ralph Fenway Racing because that's what they're trying to do, but to also get the cars better and more on a, on a level playing field as the Joe Gibbs are, as the Stuart Haas Racing are right now, as Furniture Row Racing is. Um, And that's going to be primarily his job, is to get these cars to compete back with those running in the top eight to top ten every single week. That's right, Stephen. I think that is a very good move. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but a business move on Roush Fenway's part there to to get that veteran Matt back in here to sort of help some of these younger guys also. And Stephen, it's been, it's been 50 something races or maybe more or less than since Matt's been in a, in a car and he's getting in this, in this, in this new Ford, which he come out of a Toyota when he got out and said that was it. Now he's getting in this, in this Ford, you know, they got to go through all this, uh, all this room of doom stuff, the Hawkeye deal, what Ron Devine calls it. But to put this veteran back in the car, do you think he is sort of like riding a bicycle? He hadn't forgot how to do it. Yeah, you know, I think it's just one of those things that if you've been in the car and it's for as long as he had, uh, it, it it may be a little bit, 
you know, now that it's been a fair few number of races, he hasn't raced in the first 10 or so races of this year. Um, and, you know, he finished, uh, what was it, like eight, seventh or eighth or something in the season finale last year in Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's one of those things. He he just he did say earlier that when he was talking to NBC that he has not got into the simulators, but he's just waiting to get to Friday, shake the car down on Friday, make the changes, and then get to the race on Saturday. And, uh, you know, Saturday is going to be about them working on getting that car to the best that they can and start running competitively at some of these races. And, uh, yeah, yeah um, exactly. I would look for him yeah. to be very fast, very quickly. I will too, Stephen. I mean, you know, just like I said, just like riding a bicycle, you, you don't you don't forget how to do it. Stephen, is there any last minute news? I hadn't uh, I hadn't checked my email yet. Let me jump over here in my email. I hadn't seen. I got some inbox stuff. Uh, I don't really see nothing nothing that you and I hadn't really covered. It's major stuff. I know uh, you got you got Brett Brett with it. Handspeedwithdigest.com is going to be in Kansas covering everything this weekend. Correct. Yep, uh, Brett will be there covering all the events this weekend there at, uh, at Kansas Speedway. We're going to night racing again this week. Exactly, and then we got the reason we do that because of Mother's Day. NASCAR always does it. Mother's Day, they're 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 off. And Stephen, I always let you do because I know you always get it ready. Uh, the uh, times this weekend at Kansas Speedway, we've got. Uh, Everybody's not out there, is it? I know the trucks is there. The Xfinity's off. They don't come back to Charlotte. And the Cup Series is out there. And just throw this out there before I let you have everything. Next Tuesday or either the Tuesday week, we're working on uh, Corbin Forster's going to join us. He's going to run the Xfinity race there at Charlotte Motor Speed. He's going to join and talk about his deal. But, Stephen, let everybody know the, the time, start times there at Kansas Speedway. Uh, MRN is going to have radio coverage, I know, and I don't know how the the uh, TV goes. Let everybody know where they can catch this big race at Kansas this week, you know. Yeah, sure, not a problem at all. Kansas Speedway this weekend, we're going to be back underneath the lights, as I already said, with the Camper World uh, Truck Series and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series um, this weekend. Everything is going to kick off. Um you know, Friday afternoon out there at Kansas, and let me see, uh, I just lost, I was looking at it, and lost, <laughs> at 5.05 <laughs> Eastern Time, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series qualifying out there, to be immediately followed at or around 6.45 for Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying, then on, uh, then at 8.30 p.m., uh, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, 37 kind days, 250 out there. Um, that's 167 laps, 250.5 miles for them. Then on Saturday night, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 267 laps, 400.5 miles for KC Masterpiece, 400 from Kansas Speedway. There you go. And my, if if Mike's listening to me, Mike Smith teaches he keeps sending me pictures. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off here and call him. Send me pictures of food and everything else. But <laughs> he is Mike Smith is a sight, Stephen. He is. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, he he he's hilarious. That's for sure. He is a character, and I want to thank uh, I want to thank Mike Smith for coming on again tonight. Uh, uh, former public relations guy there at Martinsville. 
public races at South Boston. Now they got a big event up there. Y'all check South Boston Speedway out. I want to thank Stephen for everything he does for the sport, my website, his website. Stephen, let everybody know if they can follow you on social media on your website, my friend. You can follow us on Twitter at Speedway Digest, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest, SpeedwayDigest.com. Brent Winningham will be out there at Kansas Speedway this weekend. You can follow him at NASCAR underscore Brett. And uh, he's got everything covered this weekend for us. Sounds good, Stephen. Listeners, give everybody, if I give give NASCAR Brett a follow, give Stephen a follow. Stephen's right there with him. They both team up on everything, all the coverage that you ever need. There on social media, also speedwaydigest.com, also my website that uh, that Stephen hosts. I want to thank him for doing that and building that. If you need a website built, get with uh, Stephen Wilson, uh, uh, pitstopradio.net. So, Stephen, thanks again. Tell AM and the boys we, we said hello, and we will talk to you, if not this weekend, talk to you next Tuesday night. Back again live, just south of the 2.66-mile monster we call Tidega Sewer Speedway in the pit stop in the man cave. I'm Tim Despain alongside Stephen Wilson. Good night from Talladega, Alabama.
Hi, I'm Vinny Miller, and I'm the driver of the number 01JS Expedited Trucking Chevrolet. This is Pit Stop Radio with Tim Despain. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.